Hey, long time no chat. Soulful Justice is still here, y'all. Given the world is about to burn down in flames, we couldn't stay away for much longer. Today's episode is spanky new, and it's brief and just a pulse check on what's going on in the world. We'll start to spoil you later on in the week with deeper in-depth interviews over topics that are just way too dense to cover in one city. Anyways, sorry for being gone for so long, but we hope you enjoyed today's episodes. Welcome to Soulful Justice. lot is going on in the world right now personally i'm just waiting for d-day because he's gonna die <laughs> that it's may be just, tomorrow you guys <laughs> thought i was being funny before but he has no 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 i'm so sorry See, the craziest thing that happened that i heard about the fact that this man put another red button in the office Oh, for real, and I still don't know the real story to that i'm like is that really the red our red button or is that really a coca-cola button President 45 <laughs> put a red button to deliver Coke on demand. I can't lie. That, he does some nigga shit, though. Like, that's some shit. You'd be like, that's some nigga shit. That's some ignorant shit right now. <laughs> like, nigga, let me get, let me get, let me get a red button. I don't know. That's some boondock shit right now. This is where you need boondocks. Go ahead. I'm sorry. <laughs> Anyways, to not get carried away with that. What's up? What's happening? Coming off of the red button, what's something that you're noticing about right now in the mood of the world? You know, there's been something going on. Tell me what you feel it. Is there any tension or any feelings, any emotions that you're seeing or hearing? My pulse right now is telling me <sighs> Democrats are very clueless on how to save their own sinking ship. And nobody in the Democratic Party wants to really take on the task of coming up with uh-huh. the new backbone of the party. I think they've expired, you know, their civil rights issues, their, uh, you know, all the social justice issues that have been on the table. They've kind of exhausted them. And I think nobody has concern or hope that Democrats will get it together and actually win uh, the next in, in mid mid election season, so I think um, I think Democrats and liberals and and just people who want to see the country go places. I think we're scared to believe in the Bernie future that we almost had, and uh-huh. I think Democrats don't know what else to do because they don't know how to defeat the big 
or not the big, the tiny little toddler uh, that won his way into the presidency. So I, I feel like we're a little bit hopeless right now, mm-hmm. but fired up, but nobody really knows what to do. And I think that is where the country is right now. We're angry, but we're also very clueless how to counteract uh, an entire part of the country that has hijacked the government, essentially. Okay, okay, okay. But in that same breath, I'm also noticing fatigue amongst us as mm-hmm. citizens. I feel like mm-hmm. so much is happening. Okay. And we literally have the most mentally challenged president of our lifetime and maybe a, a lot in American history, period. And I think we're getting fatigued over it because it's literally only been 100 days. And we literally have to sit through this for another th- three and a half Feels like four years. years already, doesn't it? Yeah. Uh-huh. So I, I think we're we're a little fatigued already, and I think we're laughing, but we're like, okay, wait, is somebody coming to save us? Is yeah. somebody going to exactly. handle this? And the, we know nobody can, and I, I we're we're gonna get pretty exhausted by that. That's what I feel right now about where America's at. <laughs> uh, I said, I mean, hey, um, I wanted to think. Um, it's a great perspective. I think that's that's basically a general feeling of how a lot of people were waiting for a champion. Uh, <laughs> uh, I don't think we're in the sickest shit, but I definitely think we're waiting for a champion, and sometimes that takes a, takes time. And I, I think we're still. It's almost like we're going to uh, post traumatic stress after the whole um, situation with the election. So it's just like I feel like feelings are everywhere. You're just trying to cultivate it into one thing right now. <laughs> And you, you still don't know what to make out of it. But definitely feeling of anxiety, feeling of a missing leader. Um, I just wanted to just say, um, what do you think is a black perspective of this? I was like, damn. As a black man, I'm just looking at all of this like, damn, white people, you got what you wanted. And look what's going on. Like, <laughs> you know, so it's... Funny enough, I think, oh, funny enough, culturally... I think we're kind of, we're in a space where this is actually very familiar to us because Mm. once again, we had our president for eight years, our president's black, that was the highlight of our lives. And I think now we realize, okay, now we have to go back to being secondary citizens. And I say that in the political and cultural sense that so much is happening in white America, capitalism, you know... The, the, the fight for democracy that it's going to completely drown out all of our needs again. And I think we're used to feeling that way. We remember the feeling. Mm-hmm. And I think now, you know, black America is kind of like, oh, oh, yeah, we're going to have to wait till this guy gets out of office to really, like, get down to business again and really be heard or not taken. I think the I think the, the presidency is such a joke right now that it, is almost yes, it's, it's, it's laughable to think we can actually accomplish anything on a political, joke. economic, or social level. And I think we're kind of getting back into the oh, it's just you know same shit, different day mode with how America runs. I think we had a little bit of hope with Obama. He wasn't the black president that I think we'll have in the future, as far as just down for us all the way. But he did give us hope, you know, uh, as far mm. as what laws could be changed to actually benefit us as a whole mm-hmm. so i think now we're kind of getting back into neutral like uh okay we'll, we'll wait till the shit show's over again yeah yeah <laughs> before i feel like it's the step step start forward step ca- causing back a fuss again it's yeah. the step step forward step back thing but that's definitely what it is um one thing i think is i think it's one thing let me know what you how you feel about this because i think this is a good thing though this part at least a little bit i think um i think um 
one thing black citizens would start to realize, not only black minorities in general start to realize, was to um, is to how how important local elections are, right? And basically, strategically building a machine or a base, right? Uh, to basically see the fight. I feel like we've um, we're at the point like okay, we understand the fight now, and we understand in order to pl- in order to in order to play the game, in order to change the game, you got to play the game. It's almost like the same reference. So in order to beat a man. You got to beat the man. Woo! Shout out to Rick Flair. Right? So, <laughs> it's like, um, I feel like just, just, we're starting to get the sense of that, you know, and seeing how, you know, the Tea Party and Republicans did it over the years with so much hate and vitriol. I guess, you know, I feel like my generation, at least our generation, sees that and we're ready to take things into our own hands. I mean, more than the baby boomers and the other generations have. At least since the 70s. I think we're, 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 like, we're becoming very political aware political wear and how to go about things. So I think that's a positive. I think Trump actually brought that. And not only that, he's brought a, a huge sense of white privilege. I mean, the brother just said, uh, Andrew Jackson, was Andrew Jackson the most racist president arguably we ever had, was, you know, basically the president of the Civil War, right? If any, if President Obama has said any of that right there, that is just, you know, that's, that's in terms of resignation, you know, resign. <laughs> you know what I mean? You can't be that idiotic and say something, something so stupid. And, you know, just America want to let that be. But if in the, in the case of a white male who's about 70 years old and has a lot of money that's been inherited to him, yes, that can, you, you could be a president and be, be a president of the United States and, and be that idiotic. So um, I think those things, as long as we survive this four years, you know what I mean? <laughs> Love you survive this four years, especially with the red button next to the nuke button, like the coke button next to the nuke button. I think that's a little bit of a problem. But you know, as long as we survive this four years, I think America's really getting shown to its face. Like, okay, this is white privilege, right? Yeah, and just to close that off, yeah, I just I, I do agree that we've been charged up. I think a very important part of the process is approaching where we have to decide which mm-hmm. way to go, mm-hmm. and I think. A large part of it is no one willing to go against the grain of what uh, Trump promotes. We know that it's wrong and, and that we don't want it, but we haven't really set the tone as what kind of country we want to be. And I think that's a conversation to have. If we're going to get all geared up, and I think part of the Democratic Party challenge is is writing a new narrative for America. And I think we fail to realize that we're in the future mm-hmm. we were fighting so hard for with diversity and, mm-hmm. and equality. And now we have to redefine our narrative and i think we're living off of some expired themes um but just to move forward i definitely want to ask you because we can't i realize every week we try to you know cover everything that's happening because this is the most ludicrous time (laughs) politically we i would argue we've ever lived in but if you could pick a moment this week so far that just really grabbed you like what the fuck is what is this shit um if you have just one out of the dozens to choose from (laughs) is there something this week that just stumped your mind i'm just very curious to hear um okay other than okay the andrew jackson thing the president just said um uh la teachers accused of bullying and starting elementary school fights um we got to do better wait what happened what ha- we got two. What had happened? <laughs> we got two teachers from a Washington elementary school in L.A. They're basically accused of uh, basically intimidating and starting a fight with an 11-year-old. <laughs> oh, good uh, lord. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, we got to do better. Okay, we, got we can't to do let petty better. shit. I, I already know, in my culture, there's a level of pettiness <laughs> when somebody tries. <laughs> okay, we don't need to stoop that low. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Well, especially with an eleven year old. All right. Um, um, you can't, you can't, you can't. Okay. It says Gallo then started pulling, pushing, and yelling at her daughter because she reported she reported to the principal that her teacher aunt was making her and two of her friends fight the eleven year old because Shelva did not like her or her mother. Okay, we got to do better, y'all. All right. We can't let the level of penitence go go on to our professional work. Right, <laughs> and, and basically sip through like that. All right, um, all right, y'all done heard mm-hmm. as a we community, we, you know, you know, the whole phrase, you know, when police don't like to be used to try to use the few bad apples, and we don't want to hear that, right? I don't need this few bad apples <laughs> right now. <laughs> and motherfucker try to generalize us, okay? Ain't nobody, I ain't going to, you know, black people ain't going to work picking fights. That's some bullshit right there, all right? Especially with some levy rose. But we got to do better. If it's a level of pettiness, you can't stand the mama or anything, or you can't stand the papas. Black people, I'm going to need us to let that go. We're professionals in this society. Let that shit go. We making money. Yeah, but I thought that was extreme. <laughs> uh, my, I want to say, you know, to another moment, to the Twitter followers. That's why I love black what Twitter. What you got to say about black Twitter? I love black Twitter. What you got to say? I love black Twitter. coming for you. What you got to I love, say? I love black <laughs> No, ain't nothing about black Twitter. I love me black Twitter, okay? I feel like black Twitter gives me the shield to be black. Like, I am just so black on Twitter. <laughs> and I want to thank everybody for, for, um, for that participates in black Twitter for making me feel comfortable to be black on Twitter. But, um, uh-huh. So, wait, what's up? What's up? But all I got to say is... um. All those people that that got fired off of ESPN, right? And I know you realize, you know, they might have fired a couple of black people, but their biggest, they got a lot of personalities. They kept a lot of personalities. And the personalities were mostly black people. White people, I don't need you to start crying and asking for the heads of all the black people that work in sports, right? Because y'all don't like them, okay? That's criminal. I don't need you. I mean, if y'all don't like them, y'all take it up. With the, they've worked hard. Okay, it's hard enough to make it through a white institution. They've done it just because yeah, they, y'all don't like them. Doesn't mean y'all got to call for them jobs every time white people get fired. To tell you the truth, those white people weren't all that. Okay, they really, you know what I'm saying? What did they do that was so special? Okay, all right. So I need y'all to let that go. Uh, oh, yeah, President Trump. Yes, the job is hard. And yes, the job is hard. Everybody do that but you. Go ahead. <laughs> Anyways, uh, I'll close this out with saying my personal scratch my head moment of the week was when President 45 decided to make fun of the people at the correspondence dinner that he is traditionally supposed to be at and almost laughing at them as though he was playing a joke on them for not showing up. When really the joke's on you because you look like an asshole for being the only president, I believe, mm-hmm. in history to not attend mm-hmm. the correspondent White House Correspondents' Dinner. And I just thought it was such a, a display of pathetic ego yeah. for him to make a joke about them making jokes about him for not for being the joke of not showing up. Any, you know what? Anyways, this is... <laughs> White people are not going to say But like that, that and, and, and coming for Obama, I'm not with it. Every time I hear these stories, stop coming for Obama, you little 
Y'all are such niggas. Like, oh, he didn't do this and yada, yada, yada. You leave him alone, okay? We, you didn't want us to touch Bush after he left office. Let Obama be. Y'all freaking hypocrites. What y'all think, Anyways, what y'all think about people getting on him because um, he took a speech for $400,000? I thought, okay. For Wall Street. Let's be practical. Let's be adults. He shouldn't have, he shouldn't have given the speech. Let's be real obvious about that. However, however... Be given his circumstances and given what who, what came and went, you gonna let that man do whatever the fuck he All wants I got to, to say do. Is, okay, you need to stop watching my pockets. Okay, if I if I if I if I don't <laughs> retire, okay, I'll have passed the biggest legislation that Wall Street that Wall Street hates me compared to that they hated me compared to Clinton, they hated me compared to Trump. I thanks y'all gave me so much money and I still passed the biggest rate of. Uh, regulations package <laughs> of anybody. Don't tell me I can't speak to them. Okay. I can speak to, if they giving me four hundred thousand dollars. You don't know what the man gonna retired. say. You don't know none of what? that. Yeah, first of all, what if my what if my kids wanna go to Harvard? That is all tuition money right there. I don't wanna hear this. Oh, what you I don't make any personal legislation anymore. I have nothing I don't do anything that affects the lives of others anymore. Stop watching my pockets. Like, what? I can't make money. That's the stupidest shit ever. That's the most un-American thing I've ever heard in my life. Okay? <laughs> don't worry about my pockets. That's all I got to say. Okay? If I did my job, don't worry about and me in retirement. And on that note. Yep. And on that note, uh, let's let's move on to our next segment. Yep, yep. I definitely want to start asking the question because a couple of weeks ago on uh trevor noah's show um daily show and he's he's i just love him more and more lately shout out to him uh he had a guest on and he asked him a question he was like how would you simplify government and the guy was talking about he oh he was uh obama's previous economic ah crap uh secretary i don't remember secretary 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 it's usually yeah anyways that dude that dude has said, uh, to simplify government, <laughs> he was talking about tax code, and he said, oh, the IRS collects your information from every employer that you have anyway, so wouldn't it make more sense for the IRS to send you a form at the end of the year and ask you if all the information related to your taxes is accurate? He said that would solve so much processing time, and it would really simplify government and just take away a lot mm-hmm. of paperwork. And we all, you know, the audience kind of just, just was in awe, like, Wow, that is remarkably simple. So, kind of going off of that, I definitely want to start asking that question because it felt very contagious. Like, wow, why don't we start asking how to simplify this shit rather than what's wrong with it or what else could we do? How do we make this as simple as getting a replacement ID? <laughs> like, I, I how always do we, feel like it's more how complex do we make this that, simple? There's always going to be somebody trying to gain the system. It is complex, but I think the great glory of government when it works is it's, it's so complex, but it's made it's simplified enough for the average citizen to at least minimally understand it. And you not even understand it. I think the, the issues will always be complex. But as far as utilizing government services, I think that should be super simple. OK, yeah, you're definitely right. But just I mean, voting should be super simple. Right. You know, I mean, so, you know, that's how, you know, I don't want to say it. That's how um, a lot of white people at the top do it. <laughs> Yeah, but you're right. With everything going on, what's something that could be simplified in government right now? Oh, um, voting. Ooh, I, okay. I think I have an answer. 
Uh, recently, President 45 is trying to process uh, or trying to get approved budget plans. I don't know. Is there a way to simplify the way the Senate and Congress, uh, you the know, approve budget budgets? Yeah. Uh, the way to approve budgets. I think a lot of it is done behind closed doors. That's another problem. I'm pretty sure there's... I mean, if they post it on the website, that'll be also a plus. And if they... um. I mean, that's pretty tough. I can't really tell you all the details of how to do it, but I'm pretty sure if they if they post it on a website and they basically um, unveil or if they do it publicly, what they're backing, what they're funding, what they're not funding instead of behind closed doors, that could definitely be a step towards, uh, hmm. you know, transparency. Hmm. Okay. Well, we tried. There, that is. <laughs> Make everything <laughs> no, but that's public. a big step. No, that's a definitely <laughs> this, is, this is a heavy question. I don't expect us to have the answer every time but i do want to start asking that because it's you know if we're not what's the point yeah i mean remember he's trying to take budget he's because it's a good question because he's trying to take health care money or he's trying to hold health care money hostage in order to build the wall which he said i think a way to simplify government is to make it accessible kind of piggybacking off what you just said Mm -hmm. we're throwing so many numbers we're trillion dollars in debt the wall is gonna cost a billion military budget is 30 billion mm. like i think we need a site a really simple just pie chart just like let's go back to 1997 guys a good old pie chart you know percentages and all mm. telling us how much money we have where is it going right now and where does the president congress whoever else want it to go and i think breaking that down for us very simply visually mm-hmm. and you know with citations of of where this information is coming from i think that will simplify a lot of the number confusion because I, I think, think right now nobody can really say how much we're in debt yeah. how much we have yeah. what can we use every year because you know the funny thing is is that they say oh we can't afford that and then we hear oh we went trillions of dollars or yeah, billions yeah, of dollars yeah. over the budget for this yeah. this year like but you just said we didn't have the money and it's so confusing Hearing we don't have the money for things, yet every year we seem to exceed what we've allowed because ourselves to spend. So paid, where's the money coming from? A lot from? of it is paid off of like a credit card, though. And that's what they're saying. Cause you, and I think you, making that visible for us would mm, help to you know demystify our financial... Still, I think there's one site that does. I'm not sure if it's totally ran by the government. I know there's one site that really does it. It's a good site. It's called factcheck.org. Right? And they definitely... They actually have a pie chart. And that's why I was able to find out that, you know, who owns the most debt? Who owns our debt the most? Like, you know who owns America's debt the most? We do, as in, like, me Mm -hmm. and you. Like, like, I'm talking, like, people like me and your age. Because, again, we bought our debt, right, (laughs) off a credit card. So, basically, us us in the future, our work goes to paying off that debt. Yeah. It's kind of weird, but, Mm -hmm. yeah, some bullshit. Yeah, so if you ever hear anybody be like, China owns that. No, actually, no, we sell that because that's a good economic measure. You know, you can sell debt sometimes. The person that owns most of that is me and you and every other young citizen here. That's fun. That's a fun millennial like a fact card. for you. Yeah, like uh, <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so I so there that that was fun. I think we can do that again. Oh yeah. Um <laughs> That, you know, because the question that this podcast really wants to ask is, what's the blueprint for the future? And I realized in our past episodes, we really haven't been, like, answering that question. And I think asking how we can simplify government is definitely one step towards that. 
Anyways, uh, that's it for this really short episode. But we can close out with asking two questions, actually. I personally would like to know, given the, the c- political climate that we're in right now, if it was Sunday morning, what the pastor would have to say? Because, you know, black folk, we, we, uh-huh. we look to the, uh-huh. the man in the clock for answers. And I, I wonder what the pastor would say as far as where black America is right now and yeah. <laughs> where we need to go and whatnot. What we lacking on? I don't know. What's happening? Yeah. I don't even know what's up. Mm-hmm. What's, what's happening? Oh, <laughs> One thing I want to give credit to niggas is I see a lot of y'all, especially in Atlanta, using your 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 right to protect rights, you know, your um your First Amendment rights and stuff. Um, right to bear arms. What are you talking about? Right to bear arms. There's oh. been a long. There's been a, and the NRA doesn't know how to address this. Brothers and sisters, keep packing, keep strapping up. Okay, you don't know what's going on. We gonna. Oh, I know what the pastor would say this week. The pastor would say, "Dear President." You should not be caught at an NRA, uh, what was it, a convention speech he did? Oh, yeah. He was the first one in, like, how long? I think the first president. Dear president, keep your ass away from the, the crackers that are killing us. The crackers that are giving other crackers the arms <laughs> to kill us. That's what the pastor, that's what the good pastor would say. Yeah, that's what the crackers would say. <laughs> I'm just saying, I mean, oh, and he would say, Dear President, stop mm. hosting rallies, you fucking won. That's what yeah, the pastor would say. I really hope that lawsuit comes through. <laughs> the fuck? And then another question to close this out, because we really want to have a short episode for you guys. Because um, I say that every time, and we never have a short freaking episode. I so I really I mean it this time. Um... <laughs> I want to know, because, you know, social justice is about what's the blueprint for the future. In this world that we're in right now, I want to know, I'm asking you this and I'll let you answer. uh, What do you think grownups might say to us as far as how the presidency is going, as far as how black America is expressing their concerns over issues of concern to us? What might the grownups say? What might, you know... What might John Stewart say to Trevor Noah? What yeah. might <laughs> Jay-Z say to a young J. Cole? I don't know. I'm just kidding. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Where are we? We're really in denial of the things we have to do as adults in this country. And we really let everything become a bitch fest and a, and a tit for tat. He won. She won. Or, you know, it just becomes... It just always feels like a battle. Sometimes we got to call quits on it and to say hey this is what this is what the uh, uh, the mature adult thing is to do so i don't know if I'm, I'm i'm asking you if there's anything right now that we're being childish about that we just need to fucking grow up on sometimes i don't know i just don't know how i feel because when i watch bill mayor here's what he's saying about because there's one side of me that likes it and there's another side of me that's like okay i hear you, you about the berkeley protest so it's like it's like i understand so one part of me is like yeah fuck them Fuck them. Go ahead, burn that shit. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. So I'm what we about. Like, we ain't having all that. You know what I mean? 
Even though it seems like it's mostly white people that's doing that, like white students. Um, another side of me, and I hear what like <laughs> other people, Bill Maher and them are saying, and even Michael Eric Tyson, where he's saying, you know, brothers and sisters, I mean, anybody should be allowed to express their point of view. No matter how stupid, ignorant, racist that point of view is, you let them speak so people can realize how stupid, ignorant, and racist that view is. Right. Uh, and I hear that. And at the same time, I don't want anybody telling me, OK, my viewpoint is, is stupid, racist to, to their perspective. And they don't want to hear it. And that's, you know, they start protesting. <sighs> Aside of me, I'm like, yeah, but at the same time, I'm just like, nah, you give that. You know, we are able to give that platform. If you don't want to give that platform, then that's up to us. Like you give people that platform and that's what consoles most of the hate and the, and and. And the thing that's going on against certain groups. So I feel like, fuck everybody who's telling us, you know, don't act like that. We act like how we want to act. Like, civil unrest is what it's supposed to be. It's a big part of this nation. And if somebody has, it wouldn't be, it wouldn't be deemed as good if somebody, if everybody was cool with it. You know, so. Great point that you made. I'll actually just seal that off with saying, I think an adult in this matter of freedom of speech versus freedom of hate I think, you know, to kind of add on to my earlier point that we have to define a new narrative for the type of country we want to be, we have to get real clear about what hate speech is. We have to really define it. It's tricky. It's always been a constitutional challenge how to navigate and anchor the direction of that. And But I think overall, considering the different nature of, of freedom of speech in the internet era that we're in, I think we have to draw a really definitive line over what hate speech is. And even if we don't want to go that right I th- route, I think we have to also take into account how credible somebody's speech is. And maybe that's a more f- fair way to judge it. You know, Ann Coulter, who was disinvited from the Berkeley campus, let's talk about how credible she is. And I think that's the job of the academic committees to decide, okay, is this person credible and does this fall under hate speech? If you can check those two things off as not being problematic, then I think you can allow in anybody. And I don't think it's a lot to ask for to say, is this person credible? Are they talking out their ass? Are they just a talking head? And is this person promoting hate speech towards a group or a, or whoever? Um, And I don't think those are hard questions. And I think we have to really maybe impress that into our First Amendment so that it can become clearer what you can and can't say in a country where we have to coexist with other cultures and races and people. So that's what I would do. I would just answer those two questions. And if if Erin Coulter doesn't meet either one of those, um, I mean, I don't think she has hate speech, but she's not very credible. Mm-hmm. And I think that's enough to say you're not allowed to come to a, a campus and talk to an entire group of impressionable young minds. And it's just not rocket science. I think that's what the adults would say if anybody wanted to actually be an adult. So, anyways, that's our episode. Very <laughs> How does that feel? That was real simple and real mm-hmm. light. Yeah. You're welcome, y'all. You're yeah. welcome. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So join us next week. We'll have more to talk about and we'll start to do more in-depth conversations mm-hmm. to really cover the juicier the issues of black America that we don't get to cover in this hot ass mess of a political arena that we are in right now. So yeah, um, I guess stay tuned. <laughs> <laughs> All right, peace out. And remember what I say, to be the man, you got to beat the man. Woo! I feel like you're a cheerleader, but it's okay. You're a cheerleader for social justice. (laughs) (laughs) Peace out. (laughs) Bye. Peace.